0: Well, fireworks are back. Uh, Hastings had theirs uh, on Friday. They had to move it because of a shortage of pyrotechnic crew, they they said. But if you missed the fireworks on Friday, well, there's still other places you can go for fireworks tonight. Uh, You can go to places like Apple Valley. Just don't make a mistake and go to Lakeville's fireworks celebration. See, there's this big ad in this paper for fourth of july fireworks and it says set at dusk rain or shine king park fourth of july fireworks and then you read the fine print (coughs) enjoy this year's fireworks from your home or car there'll be no on-site viewing or parking available (laughs) what a bummer for the lakeville folks i mean i tried watching fireworks online last year and it just wasn't the same i mean it doesn't matter how big your tv is it's not like seeing them in person especially since my favorite fireworks are the big chrysanthemum shells as they call them the ones that that take up almost the entire sky when they explode and bonus points if they're blue and not just the the regular white ones i love fireworks They're a great way to celebrate the 4th of July or, or Independence Day or as they call their celebration in Apple Valley, Freedom Days. Freedom is a great thing to celebrate, worthy of fireworks. And today we celebrate the freedom of our nation. But there's an even greater freedom that we celebrate every day as Christians. Our freedom from sin and death that we have in Jesus Christ. Paul reminds us of this freedom in Galatians chapter 5. He writes, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. The slavery that Paul is writing about here is the slavery of trusting in anything other than Jesus. There were people who were preaching a different gospel, a gospel that was really not good news at all. They were saying that Jesus wasn't enough for salvation, that you also had to follow the the Jewish rituals and rules and regulations, things like circumcision and, and celebrating certain things on certain days and eating kosher food. And Paul says you were freed from doing those things when you came to faith in Christ. Why would you go back to letting them rule your life? Truth be told, people are not very comfortable with freedom. Sometimes we want to be told what to do. It's just easier that way. And better yet, we like to tell other people what to do. And if you don't uh, believe me, have you ever belonged to a homeowner's association? (laughs) I see some heads nodding. Homeowners' associations were made to help neighbors live together. And they all start out with with really a a, a good purpose in mind, just to, to help people get along. But it seems like in most homeowners' associations, before long, what was meant to help people have a better life becomes some ridiculous slavery to petty rules. There's a homeowners' association in Missouri, that told a family that had young daughters that their, that their light purple swing set wasn't an approved color. And if they did not remove it, they threatened them with jail time. There's a, a homeowners association in Sacramento that told all the residents that they had to leave their garage doors open between the hours of 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. daily. Now, the purpose for that was so that they couldn't have anybody living in the garage. At least that was the homeowners association's reasoning. They didn't say what would happen to all your, uh, all your stuff in your garage as you left your garage doors open all day. But we, we it seems like we have this, this desire to, to, to clamp down, especially on other people. There's, in Florida, there's a homeowners association that barred kids from running, playing tag, or, quote, acting boisterously outside. They could do that inside your home, but not outside. And in Ohio, a veteran was told that he could fly his American flag as long as his flagpole was attached to his house and not attached to the lawn. We we sometimes, you know, we're not as free as we think. In Jesus, Jesus in chapter 8 of John talks about some of his fellow Jews who had come to believe in him. So these aren't even people that that reject him. These are people that believe in him and yet they, they couldn't quite see the importance of freedom. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. They answered him, We're Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. If Jesus sets you free, you are free indeed. But what if you don't even realize that you need to be freed? Those people (coughs) told Jesus that they were descendants of Abraham, and so they'd never been slaves to anyone. They'd forgotten about the 400 years of slavery in Egypt when the descendants of Abraham were, were slaves of the Pharaoh. And And if you forget about that, then you can forget about who set you free. How the Lord Almighty led them to the promised land. If you think you've never been a slave, then you never need a deliverer. Not much has changed since then. How many people think that they don't need deliverance? They don't need salvation. They don't need Jesus because they've got it all figured out on their own. They're free people. Nobody tells them what to do, except for maybe the Homeowners Association. <laughs> we think we've never been slaves. And then when we leave church and get, get cut off in traffic, and suddenly it, words are coming out of our mouth, and thoughts are rising up in our head, and it's as if our bodies have been taken over and made slaves to that emotion, that anger. We do that all the time. We we are slaves to to various kinds of sin, and whether whether that's being controlled by our anger or our addiction or by selfishness or or fear or prejudice or pornography or hatred or, or bad habits or even controlled by our possessions, there are so many things that so easily take control of our lives. We say we're, we're not slaves to anything, but how many of us still battle with, with things like that? Probably all of us. But Jesus sets us free. And even though he sets us free, it doesn't take much for us to want to turn back to slavery. The Jews of Jesus' day forgot that that their people were once slaves. But even those people that were slaves to Pharaoh there in Egypt found them tempt, themselves tempted to go back to slavery. In Exodus chapter 16, the newly freed slaves grumbled that they didn't have anything to eat in the desert. If only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, they said. There we sat around pots of meat and we ate all the food we wanted, which isn't true. They were given a slave's ration, but they had selective memory of their time in slavery, just like we often have selective memory of what it's like when, when we've been slaved to something else. Still, even when they wanted to go back to Egypt, God still provides for, for them. And before he sends manna f- from heaven, bread from heaven, it's described in the Bible, I think the closest thing I can imagine is sort of like Rice Krispies, and they could pick it up in the morning, and every day it was there, and God fed them. But before long, they're complaining again that the manna is boring, and they, they long for their days in slavery. And Numbers chapter 11, it says, "...the rabble with them began to crave other food." And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Yeah, no cost, because they had no money, because they were slaves. And also the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks and onions and garlic. But now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Freedom with manna, slavery with leeks and onions. And they'd trade their freedom for leeks and onions. It doesn't take much sometimes for us to trade our freedoms in God for something that leads us back into slavery to sin. Tammy had uh, some TV show on, so I can't even tell you what it was, but uh, I sat down and watched, and and the main character was uh, a counselor, an addiction counselor. Uh, people battling with, with various addictions. And the mother of one of the, the youngest members in the group was so thankful for what he was doing for her daughter that she wanted to give him her deceased husband's car. Now, he, he turned it down, of course. It wasn't ethical. And besides, who wants some old junk car? Then he finds out that the car was a tricked-out Cadillac Escalade worth over $100,000. <laughs> and suddenly, his ethics uh, begin to be uh, a little more flexible. Now, now he can't, couldn't even drive, but he realized he could sell this, this Escalade for big bucks. And so he he's, thinks he's going to take it. Even though it's unethical. But a priest in the group reminds him that just as for a priest it's unethical to take big gifts like that, so for a counselor it's unethical. Yeah, the guy argues so, but but even the Pope has some big old vehicle he drives around in. Well, he rejects the priest's counsel and takes the car anyways, but it gnaws at him. He knows it isn't right. Does he really want to sell his soul for an Escalade? He eventually gives it back. And having regained his integrity, in the next scene, we see that same Escalade roll up. And who should stick his head out the window? But the priest. (laughs) And the guy says, hey, what about ethics? And he said, you made a very convincing argument about the Pope. Now the show is about, about people addicted to drugs and alcohol, but, but really what, what held them captive was their desire for this money, for this possession, this car. In the Bible, in Matthew 19, Jesus encounters a young guy who's been following all the commandments of the Bible just as closely as he can. When all of his, his other young friends are probably doing what they want to do, he is is really doing his very best to be perfect when it comes to following God's rules. I mean, he doesn't kill, he doesn't cheat, he doesn't steal, he respects his mom and dad, he loves his neighbor. But in his heart, he's held captive by things. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me what is good, Jesus replied. There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and they asked, Well, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. With us, it's impossible on our own. If we're not now controlled by our anger, our addictions, our selfishness, or our fear, our prejudice, our possessions, if we're not now controlled by them, we're just one step away. That line between, between freedom in Christ and, and stepping back into slavery is not as, as wide as we think. It's very close for all of us. So simple to lose our freedom in Christ and turn our back on that and say we want to go back into slavery. Even with the Apostle Paul, this great hero of the faith that we, looked up, that we look up to, even, even he wrestled with this. At how easy it is to, to slip back into to slavery, to sin, how it has a hold on our lives, even after we, we know and desire to follow Christ. He describes this in Romans chapter 7. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil that I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work within me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body that's subject to death? Thanks be to God, who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Every one of us fights a battle to be free, free from the things that control us, free from the temptations that, that enslave us. And yet on our own, it's a losing battle. But thanks be to God, we have someone who gives us the victory. Our association, our freedom. Our freedom is in Christ. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Galatians says, Today, we celebrate our freedom as a nation and our declaration of that in 1776. But we know that freedom is always an ongoing work in our nation and inside each one of us. Almost 100 years after that declaration of freedom, our country was at war with itself because there were still people in slavery. In the midst of that war, Julia Ward Howe wrote new words to the soldier's song, John Brown's Body. And in their song, the battle for freedom is not just a soldier's battle. It is a battle that God himself wages against evil, a battle of truth, a battle that transfigures you and me. Words have been used many times since to affirm the conviction that it's God who delivers us and makes us free. A hundred years after she wrote it, Martin Luther King Jr. used her words in his final speech that he gave the night before he was murdered. He said, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. My eyes Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Freedom is what God does. And we can partner with God and work towards that freedom, but we can never get there on our own. Without Christ, our freedom is only partial. And, and the freedoms that we have are only temporary. Without Christ, we're just leeks and onions away from going back into slavery. Without Christ, we, we are just an escalate away from selling our souls into sin. Without Christ, we, our freedoms are just like watching fireworks on TV. Yeah, they kind of look like it, but they're not really what they're meant to be. They're just a poor substitute for the grandeur and the beauty of the real thing the real freedom in Christ. So tonight, or whenever you see fireworks in person again, with every brilliant flash and with every thundering boom, I want you to think about the freedom that you have in Christ. You don't have to live in slavery. You don't have to be controlled by things that are not God. That's the truth. And the truth will set us free. For freedom... Christ has set us free. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Let's pray. Well, Jesus, as uh, Pastor Julie prayed earlier, we are grateful for the freedoms that we have in our nation. And for those who have, who have struggled for those freedoms and those who are still struggling for those, those freedoms. And yet we know that ultimately all freedom is from you. And that only in you can we be truly free from all the things that would enslave us, even the things inside ourselves. Oh Lord, help us to to remember that with every, every firework we see today. Lord, help us to remember that even when there are no fireworks going off, when it's just a regular day or a regular night. Help us to remember that we have victory in you that you have fought the battle, you have defeated sin.